And today, we're going to talk about diamonds and pearls. Yes, we're going to talk about diamonds and pearls again. Um, by now, hopefully everyone's listened to it. Hopefully everyone was able to get their box sets finally. Um, I know there was a delay on mine a little bit by like a few days. Um, I know I've done a couple of episodes where... Um, was getting comments that you know here it is like a week two weeks later folks still didn't get their set yet but hopefully everyone has it I know there's been a lot of buzz in fact this is the box set that's been so great even Questlove had to jump on board and, and talk about it <laughs> I don't know I mean he gets a lot of flack for you know just being an 80s you know Prince era fan but you know everything is subjective you know what I like you might not like vice versa um, it's all good it's still the same person and you don't get from point A or you don't get to point B without having to go through point A first you know it's like um, there is a video I'm going to work on titled what if purple rain flop you know, because I think, you know, kind of forget that. And, and of course, you know, we're linear thinkers, you know, um, those that aren't into string theory or quantum mechanics or the multiverse, um, you know, we're, we're, we're conditioned to be linear thinkers. And it's this thing that once something becomes part of your personal perception, then at the time that you know this became great for you that's cool that's all right but everything has an origin story and you know and I mean he's evolved you know I mean obviously really if he was still with us there'd be no box sets <laughs> you know it would be like no this is my new album and you're gonna deal with it <laughs> you know that's what it is and that's cool but you know even he recognizes that hey you know none of this would have been possible had it not been for that journey you know so all of that side this is about the diamonds and pearls box set um, now that I've lived with it for where we at about a month almost a month now uh, 
man, you know, I, I have to say that you've heard my thoughts on the remaster of the original album, you know, you've seen that video, um, the live at Glam Slam, um, at that point when I did that video, there was only the audio, I hadn't received my box set yet, I did, wasn't even released yet, um, they had leaked that early. Um, and I was blown away with just the audio, but, you know, we're going to cover everything, original album, all tracks, um, everything about it, and like I said, living with it, um, I don't know, you know, I know I hear a lot of criticism, I don't know, maybe not necessarily me personally, but, you know, there are people that talk about how like, hey, this wasn't my favorite album, and this and that, you know, kind of like taking these little pot shots at it, but, you know, like I said, for me, you know, there was a lot of different factors, you know, it wasn't like I heard this album and went, oh, this album's terrible, you know, um, like I said, I knew early on that you'll never get the same album from him twice, that's number one, you know, number two, you know, you're talking 1991, you know, there was a lot of changes that I was going through, um, right as this album, you know, like right when Get Off was released, to the release of the album, and me living with that album in the months since, you know, I had gone through some, some really weird changes, I mean, most paramount, or I guess what caused the ripple effect of that was you know, not living in California anymore. Um, I came back in May of 91. So I don't even know. Yeah, so Get Off wasn't even released yet. Um, I knew there was an album called Diamonds and Pearls coming out, you know, because this was off the heels of Graffiti Bridge. I used to, every night, um, had just started getting into, what is it, Controversy Magazine, that fanzine. And I think it was in that one that you know they had the scoop uh, maybe not the scoop but there was a piece in there that oh yeah prince's next album is going to be titled diamonds and pearls um and then i also read the 1990 rolling stone interview and so you know i knew it was coming but like i said between 1990 where i was living in california to may of 91 where i was no longer living in california and I won't get into all the details as far as what brought me back and what happened afterwards, but, you know, it definitely was probably not my normal Prince listening experience at that time. Um, you know, but I think despite all of that, because I don't know, right around that time, they, they, it was, it was cool. Like I said, I won't get into the details about it. But, you know, things in life were pretty good. Pretty good point. Um, so it was cool to see Prince on that Special Olympics. You know, watching that in real time. Um, and then I think right around that time, let's see, Get Off was out. Um, so you fast forward a couple of more months. And then you have Prince and New Power Generation on 
uh, the Arsenio Hall show, and that was exciting. You know, it was like, oh, that was, you know, that was probably one of the best things I had seen at that point. And that was good hype for the album because, you know, he played Cream, he played Daddy Pop on it. Uh, Special Olympics, you heard Diamonds and Pearls, so that was like, and then you had Get Off, so it was like, okay, so that's four songs, so it's like, okay, I'm, okay, you know, this might be something to check out. Um, so when I got the album, like I said, I enjoyed it. I mean, I've always played it beginning to end. Um, I mean, like I said, I won't get into what, you know, I think what took me out of it. Um, I really wasn't that put put off by like the hip-hop aspect of it because I looked at it as like okay yeah Prince is on that kind of on that bandwagon a little bit but I knew because it was Prince it wasn't like you know it you know it wasn't like he was going to be Prince Paul up there you know or you know like the Bomb Squad you know the Shockleys you know it wasn't like he was going to just all of a sudden Auto Get Off was probably the closest to that but you know I just never because it's like it's Prince and Prince is still going to do things his way so that's why I didn't I never looked at it like okay Tony is trying to be Rakim or whatever yeah Chuck D was the influence but you know like I said it's it didn't bother me as much and like I said this was commercial that was kind of cool like okay you know he's he's competing he's like yeah I can be commercial now why you know it's like everybody else having these big major hits you know, whether it's Michael Jackson, Madonna, you know, here's Prince, like, you know, hey, hold my beer, you know, it's like, hey, you know, here I come with some, some commercial stuff, you know, and it worked, it did work, but like I said, I think a lot of it had to do with being taken out of how I normally experienced the Prince album from the very beginning, you know, this is a new, you know, it's a new phase of adulthood, it's, you know, it's changes, you know, it's like, coming back to a place didn't want to come back to originally but you know but like I said here was this album that was kind of in a way comfort but at the same time it was like I think maybe what would have helped more if it was Prince going way left field you know doing something totally unexpected I guess being commercial for him was totally unexpected but you know something deeper something more you know, avant-garde, I don't know, you know, what was needed uh, for that. But, like I said, it did work as an album for me. Um, but, all of that aside, is, um, like I said, these, I'm going to do with all these posters. <laughs> I'm going to do with all the I don't know about how do you deal with these slip sheets here you know because there's no like insert that you could put them in you know it's like where can I keep this with the packaging right now I've just got it with the poster inside so let me set that there for the moment uh, so as far as the original album uh, now that I get to hear it on CD, uh, I like, you know, I like it. I don't think there was too much of a problem with the original, uh, CD of it, the original master of it. Um, but I do enjoy the remaster 
um, I, you know, it sounds good on what I have to play it on, you know, which is nothing spectacular, but it's a very nice little um, system. It's a Sony that actually replaced the boombox that I was listening to stuff on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the, I like the remaster. It has the range. Um, there's certain nuances. Uh, you've heard me speak about things like, you know, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this too. Jughead being like, wow, we like this song now. Um, but again, um, if you haven't heard my criticism on it before, yeah, that track is groovy and as funky as all get out. I think what works against it, you have a rapper that is so influenced by Chuck D that he's doing dance lyrics you know where I think maybe if it had like more of a harder edge to the lyrics you know like if he was really trying to channel Chuck D then I think it might have worked better like I mean I can you know now that I think about it you know that could have easily have been a maybe a precursor to you know, Rock Kim's Know the Ledge, if you had those type of heavy lyrics on top of that groove, I think that would have worked better. It would have been a harder statement, or it would have been a statement, period. I think that would have worked. But, you know, I think for that particular theme for the song, I think if you went with, like I said, if you had like maybe Channel Shock G. Humpty Hump, <coughs> excuse me, if you would channel them, then I think that song would have worked better, but now with the remaster, you hear just how funky that band was uh, with that, so we kind of now, I guess we're overlooking the lyrical content and the groove, and especially with the live version of it, man, <laughs> whew, that was heavy, um, but yeah, like I said, I I think what I like about it is just the range. Um, there's not a lot of extra nuances that really jump out with the original remaster for me. Um, but I will say that I enjoy the remaster more than the original album. So when I go to play it, then that's what I'm going to, you know, that's what I'm going to go for is the remaster of it. Ah, now we get to the vault tracks and you know I don't know I, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of love for the vault tracks there's a lot of detractors you know they're talking about the new Jack Swing it's dated or it was him it's you know I know my personal theory is that I think that the new Jack Swing came so easily for him to emulate that that's why a lot of that stuff went into the vault. You know, now there's a lot of the vault tracks, whether it's Owls Through the Looking Glass or, um, oh shoot, let me think. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Let me take a, take a look here. But yeah, you know, things like Alice to the Looking Glass, um, 
you know, skip to my U, those type of tracks, you know, I could see, you know, somebody like maybe like Bell Biv DeVoe putting a spin on that, um, and where those things would have been like major hits for them, or, um, yeah, I was watching the video, uh, if anybody remembers that group today, um, with that, is it him or me? Him or me? Do you want him on that track? Um, I could see them doing some of this stuff. Like, I, th I could see Prince giving them some of this material, and it would have worked, you know. It would have it worked well. Um, and then again, you know, maybe some of this stuff was on deck. And, you know, maybe he had some inside information on what Michael was doing. You know, because you forget, Dangerous came out, like, what, the month after uh, Diamonds and Pearls? And it's like, oh, well, he's going New Jack Swing. Oh, he's got Teddy Riley producing some tracks? Yeah, let me, um, let me go in another direction with it. So I think some of those songs, you know, maybe development stopped at a certain point. You know, so we don't know. You know, we don't know the, the inside track of why this didn't happen or that didn't happen. Um, but overall, I enjoy the vault tracks. Um, it's a new dimension. You know, like I said, the, the selling point for me was that there were a lot of these that I haven't heard. You know, now there's a lot of 80s stuff. Um, still, a lot of 80s stuff I hadn't heard either. But I think the ratio on that was more, uh, maybe not even 60-40, maybe, you know, 70-30, that, you know, 70 being the stuff that I've heard, 30% of what I didn't hear. Uh, here it's kind of the flip, like maybe 80 to 90% of these vault tracks I have never heard before. And I knew that even though, like I said, I wasn't too excited about the original album. Like I said, I was looking forward to hearing the remaster. Um, but I knew it was going to be the vault tracks that were the selling point for me. And I definitely enjoyed those. It's nice to have that full, original, you know, clean mix of schoolyard, um, you know, the stuff that I've done reviews on, you know, go on YouTube, check those out. Um, you know, whether it's the early take of Insatiable, uh, like I said, we talked about, um, you know, Alice Through the Looking Glass, um, Darkness, I mean, that just rocks. Um, but what I think the Vault Tracks, you know, in addition to even the original album, just how powerful this band, the new power generation, that configuration of that band, just how funky they were. And I mean, not just with funk, but every note that they played, whether they went in a jazz direction or whether they went in a rock direction, um, you know, something like how, something how tight of how, you know, money don't matter tonight, you know, just how heavy, um, you know, just how tight it, it's locked. There's a chemistry there. It works. I think this band and even subsequent lineups of the MPG, but this configuration, new power generation, I think this band 
could have gone toe to toe. This would, in, in the alternate universe, this is what I want to see. The time, still in their opening position, but still hungry. Still got some album, you know, got a few more albums under their belt. That band and the new power generation duking it out night after night. That's, that's the universe I want to go to. <laughs> that's the show I want to see. I think that this band could have gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with the time. and I mean, depending on what night, it could have gone either way. It wouldn't have been, as much as I love the time, they're my favorite band, period. But I think going against the new power generation, I think they, man, <laughs> whew. That would have been some competition, folks. That definitely would have been some competition. Um, probably the main thing I really want to talk about on this, like I said, because I've covered a lot of the vault tracks in previous videos, uh, the remaster of the original album, um, but haven't had a chance to check out or talk about the actual live video of it. Live at the Glam Slam '92. <laughs> um, you know, I'm glad that they didn't go for, you know, like the, you know, the obvious, you know, major major tour. You know, with okay, yeah, it's promoting this album, but you got to insert the greatest hits. I mean, now depending, uh, there is some material. Um, like I said, if you check out my video about how to make the Perfect Purple Rain box set and the video versus audio live material to include with that, um, like I said, to me, this is great. Um, like I said, there's nothing wrong with having a legendary concert, um, you know, whether it includes the greatest hits or not, there's nothing wrong with them, you know having something like that as part of a box set or even a standalone release. Uh, but I, I'm glad that they took, you know, they made the decision to take uh, something like a live at the Glam Slam. It's a smaller venue. Um, it's historic because that was the club that he owned at the time and airing out new material for the tour so he's playing you know it's really just the album and there's also stuff new stuff that would eventually end up on the next album that you get that and no hits you know no greatest hits you know retrospective no little medley of here's here I am with the hits you know um, so it was great to have that and really to me when you have those um, like I said big stadiums yeah he's great um, but what we as Prince fans gravitate towards as well or just as much is the you know these small venues where it's like anything goes you know whether he, it's a dress rehearsal for a tour or it's like okay well I've done the hits you know I just want to kind of go to this little small club and just unwind and we just play just off the top of the dome you know and the energy again the energy of that band um and you heard me say on previous videos that you know it's sad that you know rosie Gaines' tenure 
in that band was so short it was just limited to that album and that tour you know I wish you would have gone on you know a couple of more out two or three more albums you know or you know wish you would have been able to bring her back even more I mean we got some stuff like jam of the year uh, I think I rocked before I am I think she's on that a couple of other things but you know or I wish that the album that he produced on I wish that would have seen the light of day so you know like I said it was just so much it's in the name that was the new power generation I, I get the name you know I never really cared for the name you know it was like it was cool as the song and even then the song even though it was originally done in 1982 and it was intended for the time and it was called Bold Generation and I enjoyed that ball track from the 1999 uh, Super Deluxe um, to me like I said as funky as it is and as much as I do enjoy the track um, I do like the the kind of the remix version of that better but I always felt like okay you just trying to you know he's cashing in on Rhythm Nation you know it's like he's competing with Rhythm Nation which I get but I was never too keen on you know because of that fact and like oh that's the name of the band it's like man can you just have a band with no name you know but now I get it <laughs> I mean you know later like with MPG you just it, it grows on you it, it, it's cool but I think now that I, I get it because that band was powerful <laughs> that band was powerful like I said in another universe the time Prince of the Power Generation that's a battle for the ages night after night you know, doesn't matter what city you would be in, it could go either way. <laughs> it could go either way. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, like I said, the, the sacrifice of Victor, church. <laughs> um, the live version of um, Nothing Compares to You, I like that version better. Um, than the one that was released on the hits B-sides um, to me that was cool when it came out I liked it um, I knew it was like okay he's taking this song back from Sinead O'Connor I get it you know um, and I liked it you know and even the video I liked the video but I don't know it kind of wore on me after a while like it's like either let me go back to the family version or now you know the original Prince vocal let me just go to that but this version on the uh, blu-ray uh, the live with glam slam that version of nothing compares to you that that to me now that is the definitive version of that you know I think Rosie sells it more on this one not that she you know she was ever slacking no that's not the case like I said I did enjoy it, but I think after I don't know if it's because radio might have played it too much or I think video soul may have played it too much or something something about it but this is the version that I like the most out of the two those are the ones that I like the most um from there we've got the book 
and I enjoy you know um, just kind of lost my train of thought there for a second but now I was thinking about something else um, but the book to me um, I enjoy the book it's you know I, I think what I love about the box sets of the books um, I never really get time to sit down and read them uh, this one I did read um, I read Chuck D's essay and I've read D'Angelo Duff's essay uh, kind of read a little bit about um, not sure if it's Dwayne Tuhal that wrote this or whatever like I said I need to make some time and do a deeper dive all the box sets that I've owned whether it's Sign of the Times 1999 uh, some of the Beatles stuff here I gotta sit down and make time and actually read all of the books cover to cover um, but I love the photos from that era um, like I guess I love the the essays that I've read so far so um, it's a great you know it's a great book it's really put well very well put together and the photographs I think yeah Randy St. Nicholas to me is one of my favorite photographers for prints um, it's hard to do a ranking because I think all of them are amazing you know Steve Park This is a great book, you know, shout out to Afshin Shahidi for this one. Um, like I said, I mentioned Steve Park, and then there's, um, you know, Alan, uh, let's see, I can't, I always butcher the name, so correct me in the comments, uh, Alan Bogu. So, um, in fact, that was the earliest one, because that had, like, you know, controversy 1999 era um, but yeah I don't think Prince has ever taken a bad photograph so <laughs> but being a photographer like I said um, all of those photographers have been very influential like I love the you know each one has their own sense of composition uh, their own style and everything and they managed to capture the best decisive moments you know even the portraiture you know um, a lot of unique situations whether it was natural light whether you know they staged the lighting for it um, like I said good decisive moments you know whether it's a moment whether in a studio or on the street or even in concert you know or backstage you know good decisive moments those moments that you know you were right there you were on it <laughs> you know you know even if it took you several frames to get it in some cases but yeah I mean I guess I'm glad that this particular era is getting some shine um, like I said you know I'm not gonna fall into the cliche that it wasn't a favorite like I said I have a lot of good memories you know, like I said it did kind of help me coast through that 1991 through 1992 um, you know, it did help me kind of coast along because that was a staple in the ride, you know, going back and forth to work and just being out and about, you know, that was in heavy rotation for it. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, you know, everybody's favorite era is going to get their shine at some point. You know, I think next year, obviously, 40th anniversary of Purple Rain, you can't ignore it, you can't run from it. You know, but like I said, if it wasn't for the success of both that movie and that album, then the doors to, for him to be able to do would have been closed or you would have experienced it differently. It would have hit you differently because, you know, that multi-million dollar freedom, you know, like I said, if it flopped, like I said, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll get into that video down the road. Uh, but what I was thinking about, since I do so many darn shows, that this is actually... <laughs> I say Amari Music Talk at the beginning. This is the Purple Notes Unveiled Podcast, folks. <laughs> so sorry about that. It's been a long, I mean literally a long week. Man, I've been put through the paces at work. Um, most of the videos that I've been working on, the technical glitches in the editing. So a lot of it took a lot longer to get to some of it. I've had to do without the graphics um, that pop up here and there, uh, limited to none in some cases, but it's been a week, actually it's supposed to be working on some music, and supposed to be working on some comic books, but we're going to tighten up the ship, we got the holidays coming up, so I'm going to get ready to tighten up the ship, finish off this year strong. Um, Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, this episode was for, <coughs> excuse me, this episode was for those that only had a chance to listen to Purple Notes Unveiled and don't really know my thoughts on this album. Um, like I said, if you've seen the YouTube versions or the Patreon versions, definitely thank you for checking this show out. <coughs> excuse me again. Uh, but, Thank you so much. I'm even checking out Funky Poetic Bootlegs. Um, that has been a labor of love. Um, I know it's not, you know, the most commercial stuff that's out there, but, you know, hey, you know, you do your own thing. You know, do what makes you feel at your best. You know, what makes you feel great. But definitely, you know, keep streaming it. Uh, that helps a lot. Um, also, become a Patreon supporter. Uh, that helps. Um, like, subscribe, hit the notification on YouTube. Uh, there's also merchandise. We have Purple Notes Unveiled t-shirts. We've got the Amari Music Talk Create Your Day, Create Your Life t-shirts. Um, we also have things like Recast T'Challa, you know, Black Panther. You need to get that, you know, representation back, you know. Um, you know, check out my video on the five reasons why that matters. Uh, that is part of the Comics Box podcast, so definitely check that out as well. Um, like I said, you know, everything that you do helps. The likes, the subscribe. Uh, streaming you know but you know the dollars do help too you know can upgrade some of this equipment 
better quality for the shows um, and you know the possibility to you know get enough followers and likes and getting into where hey I can do this all day every day um, but yeah definitely you know buy some merchandise that's on richardcoldmusic.com is where you can get that or become a patreon supporter uh, there'll be free merchandise included uh, with some of the tiers on that so look and see what tier suits you best and get free stuff um, but the t-shirts they're designed by me uh, there's also coffee mugs available design those graphics are designed by me so like I say you know you know we got the holiday gift season coming up so those make great stocking stuffers and again everything helps the channel so buying merchandise becoming a supporter on patreon like subscribe notification bell stream the tracks um, you know listen to purple notes unveiled on your favorite podcast platform and that would be my Christmas present you know so you don't have to get me anything just do one of those things and that's my present and I'll be happy <laughs> but I'm grateful for each and every one of you for whether you're watching the shows or you're listening to the music um, there's more music coming so just like I said just want to keep extending that thanks um, and until next episode create your day create your life Peace.